Thank you for listening to the sermon audio podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. Now here's a message from our senior pastor, Brian Bond. How's everybody doing today? Um, wanted to talk about a couple things real quick. Um, you know, we did find, and we, this second time we've done the Lord's Supper that way, where we've given um, kind of everything contained in one thing as people came in. And, um, you know, we were thankful to find a way to be able to do the Lord's Supper. But I do understand that some people um, don't care for that way and would prefer to do it, you know, where we would have people come forward and um, distribute the Lord's Supper. And I, I fully understand that. The reason why we do it the way that we do it is, uh, for now anyway, is because um, it's really hard to plan a service when you have three different sizes, three different um, numbers of people, because it takes longer, though the more people there are, the longer it takes to distribute it. And it really makes it difficult to actually plan a service, particularly because we are in time constraints with services before and after. Um, so what, what I do want to tell you is that we, we do understand that um, that may not be pr your preference for some of you. We do understand that. Um, and we are planning different ways to do the Lord's Supper throughout the year. Um, so hopefully one of those or more of those will be um, more to your liking for those of you who don't care for that. And I, I'll be honest with you, I, I would prefer to do it the, the way I grew up doing it, you know, and um, the way we're doing it now is kind of, uh, we feel like, you know, we don't have a choice in some ways, but um, we are going to do the Lord's Supper even on different days. We're going to do, do it sometimes on Wednesday night. And so we'll do our best to promote that to you. And, uh, you know, ultimately it comes down to it's about remembering what Jesus did for us on the cross. And that's the, that's the most important thing. And that's why we choose, even though it may not be the ideal way to distribute it, we choose to go ahead and, and do it because we want to corporately remember what Christ did for us on the cross. Um, the second thing I want to talk to you about, I know there have been a, a spate of um, mass shooting events, you know, one in Allen yesterday, and we want to pray for um, those that were involved in that. And uh, if you're fairly new to our church, if you had not heard, I did want you to know that we do have um, very comprehensive security plans um, and people that are, we have um, armed security folks that are out in the parking lots that are inside the foyers and are in every service. Um, most of those are law enforcement or former law enforcement. And uh, if, you know, just want to let you know that we, and it's led by our guys who are um, law enforcement currently. And uh, just wanted you to know that um, we do take that very seriously. And we, we do, we have a lot of things in place um, to protect our church in the event that something were to happen. So um, not trying to alarm you. We've not heard of any any threats or anything like that. But I know it probably crossed your mind and just wanted you to know that, you know, the folks, we have a lot of folks that are looking out for that and that are watching at all times to um, see if anything comes up. So um, on a positive note, the Rangers won last night and didn't blow a lead in the ninth inning. So, I mean, I thought that was pretty cool. So <laughs> anyhow, um, you know, those are not fun things to talk about all the time, but we do want to make sure that you knew. And if you have any, ever have any questions, free, feel free to, um, to call us. And, uh, you know, I, I can contact our security team from where I am. We have different ways of doing that. They'll remain secret. But anyway, um, uh, so we, we do have a lot of things in place. And um, today we're going to talk about spiritual gifts. Oh, my gosh. 
Um, would one of y'all, I, I left my water, my, I'm, I'm already feeling the need for some Mountain Dew, so <laughs> thank you, Garen. I appreciate it, man. Hey, didn't you win a golf tournament yesterday? Yes, I did. I heard that. Congratulations. <laughs> All right. We're going to start in Romans chapter 12. You know, when people hear spiritual gifts, it sounds a little freaky, but it's really not. It's really um, how God works within the church to build up the church and to reach the world for Christ. And um, it, it's important that we understand what our spiritual gifts are. Everyone has a spiritual gift. If you have the Holy Spirit, the Bible's clear, you have a spiritual gift. And God gave that to you to be able to bless others, to be able to build the kingdom, to be able to help the church, to be able to help other people. And it's really important that you kind of discover as you can what that is, because that's what gives you, it, it helps show you what your purpose is. You know, just your purpose is not just to have a career, you know, make money, do this or that. It, those things are all fine and good, and it's good to have a good job or, or a career path if that's what you want or whatever, and to be good at it and be successful at it. But it's, it's always going to be somewhat empty if you don't discover what your purpose is within that. And, you know, that may be that, that your purpose you know, whatever your job is, it, it, it'll probably be reflected somewhat in your spiritual gift of how you're able to bless other people through your job. And that's part of understanding how God created you. And if your job is to, um, you know, stay at home and, and uh, raise children and, and be a, a homemaker, then that's, that's a gift from God too. And God's given you gifts to exercise within that and within the church to serve and to help other people. And so there are all kinds of ways that God takes what we do and gifts us for it so that we can live out our purpose within the life that we are given. So we're going to start out in Romans chapter 12, verses 6 through 8. If you'd please stand in honor of the reading of God's word. In his grace, God has given us different gifts for doing certain things well. So if God has given you the ability to prophesy, speak out with as much faith as God has given you. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you are a teacher, teach well. If your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. If it is giving, give generously. If God has given you leadership ability, take the responsibility seriously. And if you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. Thank you. You may be seated. Now, there are different types of gifts, and I'm just going to kind of touch on these real briefly today. There are gifts that, uh, some of which were for the establishment of the church in the early days of the church that we don't necessarily see now. And that's, you know, some of the gifts of miracles, the gifts of, of one person having the ability to heal another. You know, Peter did that, said, silver and gold, I, I don't have any of that, but what I have I give to you, rise up and walk, and he rose up and walked. Now, God still heals, but he generally chooses to do that through prayer, through medicine, through, you know, the Bible talks about the, the elders coming around and anointing someone with oil as they pray for them and pray for their healing. But I, I've not met anyone that physically could heal someone who could say, hey, if, if, if they weren't able to walk, stand up and walk. Now, are there people that are gifted with compassion and with the ability, you know, maybe as nurses or doctors or someone in the healthcare industry? Absolutely. 
You know, I do believe that can be a, a gift from God. But some of those have different manifestations based on the time. Um, the ability to prophesy. Uh, we've been given the last prophecies through the book of Revelation and, and through the, the teachings of Jesus. And so we don't necessarily have people talking about the future. Now we have people that may have discernment and they can see where things are going and they're able to talk about that. Um, so that you have those gifts that were for the establishment of the church. And then you have gifts that are for the building up of the church. There are people that are teachers and, and pastors and, and have the gift of service, you know, and, and every Sunday there are people here on our campus that are exercising their spiritual gifts. You know, maybe it's making people feel comfortable when they walk in. Maybe it's teaching in a class. Maybe it's leading children, whatever it is that they're doing. Hopefully they're using some of their spiritual gifts as they do that. And then there are those gifts that are for reaching outside the church. You know, you have the building up of the church. Maybe that's encouragement too. people that are, there are people who just have an encouraging spirit. And then there are the gifts that are for reaching people outside like evangelists and people that um, have the gift of discernment, those types of things. And so you see some of those in that first passage, you know, it talks about the ability to prophesy, speak out with faith. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. And, you know, within that, there's a lot of different ways that that can um, uh, be manifested. You know, the gift of serving. You know, I've known people through the years that it was, you know, one of the things they did was they loved to take meals to people that were having a difficult time or were sick or whatever, and that's how they served. I've known people that, that their gift was to be able to fix things or to take care of things around the house for those that couldn't, and they loved to go and do that. And those are, those are spiritual gifts and can be gift, used to help and love other people. Um, you know, if your gift is to encourage others, be encouraging. You know, if that's, there are people that are just encouraging to be around. That's a natural part of who they are. And then it like, once, they, once they're saved, it becomes an even bigger part of who they are. Some people have the gift of giving. You know, they're, they're constantly, their eyes are seeing, hey, that, here's the way I could bless someone. You know, maybe it's financially, or maybe I got something I could give them. There's, there's different ways of giving. And so there's people that, that they, they generally think that way, you know, and if you ever been around somebody like that, you know, they see needs that I don't necessarily see right off the, right off the top and they want to meet those. And so those are all spiritual gifts. If you have a gift for showing kindness to others, do it gladly. You know, that's something we do as a church is to go and, and regularly during our outreaches, go and show kindness to people. And there are folks that within that, that man, that that's really their thing. And then there are those of us that we go and do it because it's the right thing to do. And we need both of those. You know, you need, sometimes you have to step up and do something, even if it's not your gift. So in other words, it's not okay to say, well, you know, I'm not really an evangelist, so I don't need to tell people about Jesus. No, we're all called to do that. But there are people, you know, we're, we're fortunate. God's led the, the Hill family to our area and they're part of our church. And, um, you know, Ronnie is a, is an evangelist. I mean, he has the gift of evangelism and he, he sees opportunities to give the gospel to lost people wherever he goes. I mean, he, that's just the, the lens through which he sees life. And, and so he's constantly leading people to Christ and, and that's what he does. That's his gift. That's not my spiritual gift, but that's something that God has called me to do. So I do my best to, to learn and to be better at it and to, and to try to do that effectively is share the gospel with people. 
And so, you know, you have things that we're required to do, and then there's people that are gifted to do those things, and they're just like a step above. But it doesn't give the rest of us the right to go, oh, well, you know, that's, that's his thing, and so I don't have to do it. We're still called to do that, too. And it's all about building the kingdom of God, strengthening the church, helping people to grow, and helping to reach people that are outside the church. In 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, and here's, here's something that you need to know up front. If you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. Because the Bible's clear that if you don't have the Spirit of Christ, you don't have Jesus. Okay, so if you're a believer, you have the Holy Spirit. And if you have the Holy Spirit, you have a spiritual gift. At least one. Now, you may not know what that is. That's okay. But you have one. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11, there are different kinds of spiritual gifts. You know, there's some people that serve in the background, some people that serve out front. There's some people that lead. There's some people that are, that are blessed to, to um, do administration type things. That's one of the ones that are listed. There's all kinds of things. Okay. So the same spirit is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service, but we serve the same God. God works in different ways, but it is the same God who does the work in all of us. A spiritual gift is given to each of us so we can help each other. To one person, the Spirit gives the ability to give wise advice. You know, there's people that you go to that are naturally just wise about things. You know, you know what? I know if I go to them, let's say we're having a, a patch in our marriage and we want somebody, there, there are people that you can go to that you know are going to give you wise, godly advice, okay? And so that's a, that's a spiritual gift. <clears throat> to answer to another, the same Spirit gives a message of special knowledge or discernment or understanding. And there are people that sometimes are gifted to know how something applies in someone's life. You know, hey, here's a spiritual truth, but here's how it applies in your life. Um, the same spirit gives great faith to another. And so faith can even be a spiritual gift. I mean, all of us are required to have faith. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. But I've known people that, man, they were just so confident and full of faith that it was a blessing just to be around them. And I bet you know somebody like that too. They saw everything through the, you know, anything that happened, hey, it's, it's all right. God's got this. And they had faith that was beyond what a lot of us might have. That's a, that can be a spiritual gift. Um, the gift of healing, that's one of those that came generally, like I talked about before, as a sign gift. But I talked about how that uh, happens today maybe. He gives one person the power to perform miracles. That would have been one of the sign gifts to establish the church in the early days of the church that we don't see much today. Um, he gives someone else another the ability to prophesy. Now, sometimes the gift of prophecy, doesn't, it's not necessarily about seeing the future. It's about being able to say, hey, thus saith the Lord. I can see the way things are, and here's the way it's headed. You know, it's, it's kind of a... Uh, people that can confidently say, hey, this is what God says about this. This is how things are going to go if, things, if, if people don't come to Christ, if we don't see a change. Um, the same, he gives one person power to perform miracles, another prophecy, gives someone else the ability to discern whether a message is from the Spirit of God or from another spirit. And this one is one that was probably manifested a little differently during the early days of the church because they didn't have the New Testament scripture. You know, that was written in the years afterwards. And so in the early church, they didn't have a lot of the doctrine or understanding about how things work, about what, what the spirit is and about how it operates that we have now. And so during that time, you can see how it would be 
um, very advantageous to have someone that can immediately go, man, I, that's not of God. And we need to stay away from that. Now, there's still that gift today. That's the spirit to be, uh, the, the gift to be able to discern, you know, between things that are of God and are not. I mean, that's, that's one of my spiritual gifts is the gift of discernment. Um, there's lots of teaching that's out there, lots of things that you hear. And to be able to, to determine between which one's of God and which one's not. Now, I'll tell you right now that most of my discernment relies on the Word of God. You know, if I hear something after a, a lifetime of studying the Word, and I'm still studying it. I'm still not done. I still don't know enough. I don't know everything about the Word by any, in any way, shape, or form. But nowadays, I can hear something, and I can pretty quickly determine whether that lines up with Scripture or it doesn't. Now, sometimes you got to dig a little deeper, but it, a lot of times you can tell right from the beginning. So a lot of our discernment of between spirits, it all comes from the Word of God. Because if it doesn't line up with this, it's not of God. You know, if somebody's trying to tell you something, oh, well, God gave me this new thing about now this is what this is. And if it's not what this is, then it's not from God. That's from another spirit. So that's some of the ways that the um, the, the spirit works and gifts work. You know, there's the, the thing about uh, speaking in tongues and to be able to interpret. Those were, for the most part, sign gifts. I don't think we see those as outlined in Scripture much today. What they talk about as tongues today is not um, languages. It's utterings that are, that are not words for the most part. Now, could, it, could God use it again? Absolutely. God could use any of these again. Anytime he wants to, because he's God, okay? And they are spiritual gifts. But most of the, some of those we will not see much these days. And then there are offices that, and, and people that are given to the church. It says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12, now these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles. Now an apostle was somebody who was directly called by God. If you hear somebody calling themselves an apostle today, they either do not have a true understanding of the word of God or they are trying to deceive people. Uh, that's just the bottom line. All the apostles were called directly by Jesus. Um, the, the 12 who began, one betrayed him. And even Paul, who I believe was the 12th apostle, he was directly called by Jesus on the road to Damascus. Remember that there was a bright light. A voice said, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He said, who are you? Jesus of Nazareth. You know, so he called Paul directly into his service. They were specifically set apart, and they had many of the sign gifts, the ability to do miracles, the ability to do healings, and they were for the establishment of the church. We do not have apostles today. There, were only, there are only 12 of them, or Matthias would be one, I guess, if you want to. I think they jumped the gun before the Holy Spirit to name him as an apostle, but I believe that Paul was meant to be the wonder of place. Judas. And so anyway, th they were called directly by God. No, nobody that calls themselves an apostle today was called by God, was called by Jesus, who appeared to them and said, come follow me and do this. And so the apostles were the beginning. They were the foundation. And like we've told about before, out of the 12, after Paul was be added, there was only one who died of natural causes. And that was John. And he'd been exiled to the Isle of Patmos for, his, for a lifetime because of the fact that he continued to preach the word of God. But he's the only one that died of natural causes. The rest of them all gave their lives for the sake of Christ and for the church. So 
Now, if somebody says they were called by God and they give their life as a martyr, then I might come back and say, okay, maybe they were. Except for the fact that I know Jesus didn't come to earth and talk to them because the Bible says he's not coming back again until the second coming. So anyway, those are apostles was, was for the establishment of the church. The prophets and the apostles worked closely together during the early days. I still think that there is a, uh, some degree of prophets today. I just think it, I, I believe that from what we see in scripture, from where they operate then, the way they operate now, that it's a little bit different, but I believe there are some. Evangelists, absolutely. We don't have enough of them. We need more. Um, pastors, teachers, you know, those are the things. God called me to be a pastor, you know, and there are, that's one of the, the things about being a pastor is that sometimes, you know, God gives you the, the ability to do things that you don't have the ability to do on your own. You know, there have been times when, because of my position, I've had to do things that are not natural for me, but I know that God supplies all the needs that I have to be able to do those things. You know, the, when I, I didn't grow up thinking, man, I really want to get up in front of people and speak about stuff. That was never in my purview, in my mind, in my thoughts, nothing, until God called me to be a minister of the gospel. And then I started teaching young people. And something, you know, that's one of the things about a spiritual gift is sometimes you don't know until you do it. And sometimes you need to go volunteer for some things and being involved in the church is one of the best ways to find out what your spiritual gift is and what it isn't. And as I began to do that, a, a pastor gave me the opportunity to preach in front of the church. At that time, I thought, man, I'll never be a pastor, but you know, okay, this sounds cool. So man, I studied and prepared and got it. I thought, I thought, man, I'm, I'm just better be careful that I don't, I don't go too long with all this stuff I got. So I got up there and preached the whole thing and looked up and I had been, I was no more than four to five minutes into this message. <laughs> that was it. And I had regurgitated everything in my mind. And so I went back and just did it again, but a little bit differently. That was like eight minutes. And then I basically started at Genesis and put out every single thing I could think about that I'd learned about God my entire life. And that put me to like 28 minutes where I thought I'd be all right. Now, I got done with that. And, you know, the sweating started about the five minute mark. He also had broadcast news. It probably wasn't that bad, but it felt that way. Because back, you know, back then I had to wear a, I had to wear a suit and tie, which any of y'all that know me, I hate suits and ties. But anyway, I, I, I did it. And then afterwards there were people came up and I don't know if maybe they were just being kind or maybe they were being serious, but they would say, you know what? God really blessed me through that. And part of me was like, are you sure about that? <laughs> but the other part of me, man, it, 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 it rung a bell in my heart and in my life. And I was like, you know what, that, that was as hard as it was and as stressful as it was, it, I also found it amazing. And the fact that people would say that God had spoken to them through it amazed me even more. And so I've, I've worked to try to get better at it. And I can honestly say I'm better at it than I was then. I still got a long way to go. I'm still working on it, still trying to improve. But you know what, one of the things that, that got me through the years is when people come up to me and they'd say, Hey, do you remember when you said this? And they would, they would come out with this sentence that not only did I know I'd never spoken in a sermon, I'd never even thought that sentence. 
And I'd say, you know, I, I don't, I don't, I didn't say that. Yes, you did. And man, they'd get mad and argue with me. And so finally I figured out that that was God speaking to them when I was preaching. And so finally I got to the point where people come up and say that and say, man, that, that, they didn't come up and say, man, that really changed everything for me. And I'd be going, no, that wasn't me. I didn't say that. And finally I just got to where I'd say, man, I'm glad God spoke to you. And I'd realize that no, that was the work of the Holy Spirit, not me. And, you know, those are the best things, really, is when the Spirit does something above and beyond what we do. And that's what spiritual gifts do, is they allow us to come and, and give what we have and to do what we can. And the Holy Spirit takes it and multiplies it and makes it into something more than we could have done on our own. And that's one of the amazing parts of a spiritual gift. And it, as scary as they can be, I get it. We ought to want them. We should desire spiritual gifts. In 1 Corinthians 12, 29 through 31, are we all apostles? Are we all prophets? Are we all teachers? Do we all have the power to do miracles? Do we all have the gift of healing? Do we all have the ability to speak in unknown languages? Do we all have the ability to interpret unknown languages? Of course not. You're not going to have every spiritual gift. So you should earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. You see, that's the thing, is it, we don't think about spiritual gifts as how it will bless us, but how it will bless others. That's what we should long for, is a spiritual gift that will bless other people. And then, our gifts are not for us, they're for other people. And right after one of those passages where Paul is talking about spiritual gifts in Romans 12, 9 through 13, he starts talking right afterwards. He says, don't just pretend to love others, but really love them. That can be hard to do sometimes, can it? But God's called us to love people. You know, the people that you're most struggling to love, you know how, do you, how you start turning that around is by praying for them. There's something about going before God and praying. And at first it might be, well, God, would you just, why don't you give them what they deserve, God? <laughs> But you know what? When you continue to pray for people and you're praying to the one that has forgiven you of every sin you've ever committed, at some point you, you switch over to start, you know what, God, give them, bless them. Show them grace. Father, I pray that they're, that they're going to have a day that's a great day. And when you can start doing that and realize that it's coming from the sincerity of your heart, You've really jumped, gone over the hill towards really loving people, even the ones we have a hard time with. Really love them. Hate what is wrong. Hold tight to what is good. Love each other with genuine affection and take delight in honoring each other. Never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. Rejoice in our confident hope. Be patient in trouble and keep on praying. When God's people are in need, be ready to help them. Always be ready to practice hospitality. You know, our gifts are not given for our honor. They're given to glorify and honor God and to help other people. And you know what? The, the second part about learning how to really love people is when you, when you serve people, yeah, it, it helps you to love them, to really love them. Don't just pretend. Really love people by serving them, by praying for them, by caring for them.
You know, you can have all these gifts. You can have these gifts that, that set you out from amongst other people. You could, have, you could be the greatest one that ever had a gift. But if you don't love people, it's worthless. 1 Corinthians 13, 1 through 3. If I could speak all the languages of the, of the earth. Can you imagine how valuable that would be to, to speak? You could go anywhere and speak to people in their native language. Tell them about Christ. Do whatever. If I could speak all the languages of the earth and angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, if you could tell us everything that was going to happen in the future, if you could see everything that was happening today and clearly outline it through the word of God, if I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. You see, the, the, the whole point of spiritual gifts is to be able to love other people and to show love to other people and help other people and give to the church and to the kingdom and to others. You know, spiritual gifts are supernatural gifts that require earthly effort. Remember one of those first verses said, hey, if you, if you teach, teach well. You know, it, whatever you do, do it to the best of your ability. 1 Corinthians 15.10, but whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. You see, here's the deal. You think about this. Sometimes your, your, your spiritual gift is not always reflected in what you could do normally or naturally. You know, my favorite memory of, of a guy who was a member here for a long time, he passed away several years ago, but I can remember one time he caught me right back there at that door after church, and he said, man, he said, you know what? He said, I, I feel like God's calling me to teach. He said, and that's, that, that is 100% not me. But I just feel strongly that he's calling me to do something. And I've always thought, man, that's, not, that's nothing I could ever do. He never taught anything to anybody. But he decided that because God had called him to it, that he would try it, that he would do it. And he became the most effective small group Bible study leader that we had. His group always grew spiritually, and it always grew numerically. And... After a while, it seemed as natural that he did that as anything. But it didn't come naturally to him. It was the calling of the Holy Spirit. And I know some of y'all are going, oh, please don't make me teach. I don't want to teach. Don't do that one. But here's the thing. If God calls you to it, that's going to be your place of greatest usefulness and greatest blessing. And if you don't respond and follow You'll miss out on both of those things. It says, for I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. He worked hard to be a good teacher, to learn how to do it, and to get better at it. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. You know, when God gives someone a spiritual gift, he gives that added supernatural power that accomplishes things we can't do on our own. But it doesn't mean we just sit back and do nothing. 
We got to walk in it. Be obedient to it. And the, the best, the best things in, in my life that I have experienced personally, I'm just giving you a testimony right now, have come with a lot of fear on the front end. Because I'm like, man, I don't, I don't know if I can do that. Even for our church, there were times where God led us to do things that I was like, man, this is either going to be a huge success if God shows up and does what he does. If he doesn't, we're going to look like the biggest bunch of honyaks to ever walk the planet. But you know what? God's faithful. And he is strong. And those have been the foundations in a lot of times that have built our church. They've been the foundations that have built my life. And those are <clears throat> the greatest experiences of my life. You know, one of the best things I ever did was marry my wife. You know, when she agreed, I was like, I ain't giving her time to change her mind on that. And there was a video, my mother-in-law took it. I was out in the hallway and she came up and asked me a question. And I swear that may be the closest I've ever come to actually speaking in tongues. Because what came out of my mouth was nothing but gibberish. I, I mean, I, because I was so nervous. I mean, I was like, man, this is a lifetime commitment. I was getting married. But it's also the, the greatest thing I've done here on this earth was, was marrying my wife. And yeah, there were, there ought to be, if you're not somewhat nervous before you get married, then you don't really understand what you're doing. <laughs> but that's okay. Because there's always going to be nervousness and some fear before doing something great. Always. And it's all right. Do it anyway. One of the greatest things that comes out of it is the more you allow the Spirit to work in your life, the more you exercise and walk in those spiritual gifts, and the more the Spirit has room to work in your heart, the more fruit's produced. Not just outside in the lives of other people. That's part of it. But the other benefit is it produces in our hearts and in our lives too. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives when we're walking in obedience, when we're following him, when we're, when we're trusting. What does it produce? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There's no law against these things. It doesn't mean you become perfect, but the more you allow the Spirit to work in your heart and in your life, whether it's pursuing spiritual gifts or serving in those areas, the more the, those fruits are produced in you. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. Those things are produced when we allow God's Spirit to have room to reign and to, and to move in our hearts. And so my encouragement to you is, if you know your spiritual gift, are you, are you using it to serve the church, to serve those outside, to serve the people that are around you? If you don't know what it is, we got a little help for you. We have a... Um, there's a QR code right there. 
You can point with your, with your phone or whatever, and it'll open up a, a, the link to a website that will go through, and you can, it'll ask you a bunch of questions. And it's not going to definitively tell you this or that, but it will definitely give you some direction. Hey, you might consider working in this area. You, you might explore this as a, as a possibility. This might be your spiritual gift. But it'll kind of help narrow some things down. And it'll also help you see, well, man, that's probably not me. Because the spirit as it produces in you, you're created more and more towards your spiritual gift. And I'd encourage you to take that resource, take that, um, it's just an, a, an inventory to help you see what your spiritual gifts might be. And find places to serve. And you know what the best ones are? Are the ones that might maybe make you a little uncomfortable to even think about them. A lot of times those are the best places to serve. That's, that's where you really get to see how God works and how God gives you what you need as your servant. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to go find the most awkward thing I could do. I'm not necessarily saying that. But what I'm saying is don't let fear keep you from serving God. Because the reason Satan puts fear in front of those things is because he doesn't want you to know more of the Spirit. He doesn't want you to find your spiritual gift. He doesn't want you to be used by God. He doesn't want you to see that God's faithful. He wants to keep you in the dark. Choose to go forward anyway. Now, obviously, to, to have a spiritual gift, you have to have the Holy Spirit, and that comes when we have a relationship with Jesus. And so I want to take a moment for anyone here who may not have a relationship with Christ. It doesn't mean you don't know about God. Maybe you're a religious person. Maybe you've loved God. But I want to know, the question they're going to ask in heaven is not, what good stuff did you do? It's going to be, do you know Jesus? Do you have a relationship with him? And here's how you do it. Number one, you've got to admit you're a sinner and ask forgiveness of your sins. Everybody's sinned. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We all have to come to that place. The second thing is you got to believe that Jesus is God's son, that he died on the cross for your sins and that he rose on the third day according to scripture. And then the third thing is found in Romans 10, 9, and 10, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you got to confess Jesus as Lord, that he's going to be the boss of your life moving forward. It doesn't mean you're going to be perfect from that moment on. You won't. You'll fail. You'll stray away at times. You'll blow it. But that when you come, you're saying, God, I'm, I'm, going, to, I'm going to follow your ways. He knows you're going to fail. That's why Jesus had to come in the first place. And if, you don't, if you've never done that and you'd like to do it today, if you'd like to know that your sins are forgiven, that you're in right relationship with God, and that you will be with him forever. I want you to pray a simple prayer of salvation along with me. I'll pray. You can repeat it after me or you can pray it in your own words. Just pray it in your heart because God will hear you. But I'm going to ask everyone to bow your heads, close your eyes, and pray with me now. If that's you, if you'd like to know that your sins are forgiven, you pray with me right now. Dear God, thank you for loving me and thank you for Jesus. God, I know I'm a sinner. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart, my life. Cleanse me. 
I believe Jesus is your son. I believe he died on the cross for my sins. And I believe he rose on the third day, according to the scripture. So today, I trust Jesus as my savior and I confess him as my Lord. Now, all I'm going to ask you to do today, you don't have to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to speak in front of anyone else. But if you prayed that prayer just now and you meant it, I want you to look up at me right now and keep looking until I see you. Make eye contact. Okay? All right? Okay? All right? I see you. Okay? Okay. All right. See you both. Now, here's what I want to encourage you to do. It's important that you tell someone. In a few moments after we close our service, there'll be a staff member here at the front. And if you want to talk to someone today, they'd be happy to do it. And here's what we want to do is answer any questions you have and talk to you about the next steps in following Jesus. You don't have to join our church. You don't even have to come back. You're invited to, and we'd love to have you. But we want you to be where God wants you to be. But we do want to help. We're not going to ask anything from you. We just want to help you. There's also a number on the screen. There's also a QR code there that you can use either one of those ways. Just follow the directions. And we will get in touch with you back through text if that's how you let us know. And set up a time on the phone or in person to talk to you about the decision that you made. And we would love to do that. So right now, I want to pray for you. I want to ask God that he would continue to lead you and guide you. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your goodness and your mercy and your grace. We thank you for Jesus. And thank you for your spirit, which takes up residence in the lives of those who know your son. Father, I pray for those that have come to a saving knowledge today of Jesus, that Lord, you would teach them, guide them, help them find the right church. Lord, you know they're welcome here. But Father, we want them to grow and we want them to be in a church that helps them to grow. And so Father, thank you for allowing us to be a part of their spiritual journey. We pray and we ask these things in Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to the Sermon Audio Podcast from Greenwood Baptist Church in Weatherford, Texas. You can find links to topics and scriptures discussed in this episode by looking at the show notes. You can find more information online at greenwood.church. If you have any questions or comments, please send an email to info at greenwoodbc.com.